So a man walks into the doctor's office and says,、uh, Hey doc, it burns when I pee. And the doctor says,、uh, Well, have you been seeing any sensual people lately? And the guy says, No.、Uh, all I do is sit in front of my computer screen and touch myself. And the doctor waits for a second and looks at him and says, Oh,、uh, Dave, you might have pori gonorrhea. Welcome to Daycare Dittos. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Don't go near that computer. Did, did that land? Was that, that good? Oh, that was a good one.、Uh, which Dave's which, always confused me. <laughs> which means、um, technically, if I have a virus, that would make me Dave Z. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I, yeah, outdid. Outdid.、Uh, <laughs> I had.、Um, Checkmate. I had two. This, I had a.、Uh, to all of our epileptic homies out there, this is the only podcast with a strobe warning. <laughs> <laughs> Does that one not make sense? Forget it. Great. I love it. We're in. Oh, that one makes sense. I don't、We're、get it. I'm just, okay. I'm going to let that one go as user error. <laughs> <laughs> so. If you have not already realized, we have a guest for this very special episode and a very special guest. So,、uh, when it comes to research, we do our fair share online and give it to you. But so many people are doing incredible things in the Pokemon world out there. And、uh, it's awesome to highlight work from somebody who has done so much. Uh, this is Professor Samfire Green. Welcome. Howdy. Pleasure to be here. Super、Glad、excited to have, to have you. you. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of the show. I've, I've been talking to Dave on Instagram, and、uh, round about probably like the first 10 or so episodes is when I jumped in. Actually, it was when、uh, Sailor Moon Wisdom posted about her appearance on the show. That's、Aww. when I found out about it. And I thought this was like the premier Pokemon podcast in the world. Like, I thought this was such a big deal. We are so sorry. And I'm not underplaying it because to me, it really is like it's something that got me through the pandemic and got、oh. me really back. Like, I, it's not like I was out of Pokemon, but I didn't really know that this st- sort of stuff existed. So it was really, really refreshing for me to come across it. And. When I commented and gave you five stars on、uh, Apple or whatever, Steven was not on the show yet. So he was on the show, but I hadn't heard his podcast yet. So I'm sorry, Steven, if I didn't include you in my review, although you were already like a mainstay in the show. Oh, no. Listen, we appreciate any five star reviews, and that <laughs> base set Abra is、uh, all I need. So <laughs> you're welcome. Steven、no, wasn't born yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so, wasn't porygoned into the、uh, the world yet. Hey, there、mm. you go. Technically, aren't we all man-made in one、yes. way or another? We are. Um. So we start off every single episode with a guest in the same way.、Uh, so, Professor, we would like to ask you, what is your background in history with Pokemon? Boy, where do I where do I start, <laughs> and how do I make this succinct?、Um, it doesn't Pokemon, have to be succinct. Oh, it's going to be a conversation because it's、yeah. going to lead into question number two of of why Porygon. I know,、yes. but let's、yeah. start from the beginning. You、from、and also, be- if people do want the less succinct, there is an incredible essay that、uh, 
has has parts of this story as well. But yes, if yes. anybody wants the essay, just shoot me a a DM on Instagram, the Binder Institute. Um, so Pokemon came out when I was nine, uh, 1999. I am a francophone Acadian from a small village in New Brunswick, Canada. And so I came about this thing that really changed my life in a lot of ways because growing up, I was always obsessed with uh, collecting. And I was always very, very, I get really, really, really into collections and uh, I guess even isolate myself from like kids my age. I had friends, but I was really obsessive about stamp collecting for a while. And that was like a big part of my life. And then uh, rock collecting was the next one. And these were all, all very solitary sort of things that I did. But then Pokemon came out and everybody was obsessed with the same thing I was. So that was like a totally new feeling for me. It was the first time that I didn't feel weird or different liking something. And when I say obsessed, I mean like I get obsessed with things um, to the point where like I just ignore the rest. And so... Um, it was great. I remember Pokemon in 1999 as a really good time, like going to the hockey rink and trading cards. I was always a very effeminate kid, so I wasn't playing sports at the hockey rink. I was just showing up to trade cards. Um, eventually, kids older than me started to sort of uh, determine that Pokemon was no longer cool and that uh, it was to be considered, uh, I don't know, gay or effeminate or whatever, which to a small effeminate boy was very frightening to me. And I really bitterly turned my back on one of the, f one of the things that made me the happiest as a, as a kid. Um, so I had all this really, these really weird feelings about Pokemon afterwards growing up i kept playing the games for a while but i just sort of left it all behind and around about 2016 when it came out again well the, the base set was reissued for the 20th anniversary i just totally dove back in and um it was really a gateway for me to start shedding a lot of the shame that i had as a kid for liking these cute little creatures and it got me on the path to opening up as a non-binary person and shedding the shame about being girly and not being particularly masculine. So it's Pokemon plays like a big role in my childhood and my later adult life. It's like a very nice bookend to my 33 years of age on this planet so far. I... Um... I have to say, I was reading all of this in the zine and I was very emotional myself because it mirrors my own experience, like, so exactly. Like, you know, I, I loved this, this stuff and you start to hear people make fun of it. And I was also very, you know, closeted as a kid and very, like, scared and unsure of how to navigate things. And so I abandoned it. Mm -hmm. And coming back to it years later it's like, why did I ever, like, why did I ever yeah. sacrifice that for, you know, just to be quote unquote accepted when even sacrificing it didn't necessarily get me the acceptance anyway, you know? No. Um, 
but yeah, I just, I got so emotional. I have to say it, it, was, it was such a touching story and uh, I thank you for sharing it really. Oh, Steven, I, I have goose, I have goose pimples. Um, <laughs> it's, I, you're not the first person to, to tell me that because since I've, I've put it down on paper, uh, I've had multiple people approach me with the same sort of story arc. And it's, it's just such a shame because um, really uh, there's wasted years there that I, I don't want to spend time uh, sulking over, but I just think about like all of the time I could have been just enjoying myself to the fullest and not be ashamed. And at the same time, I mean, we, we're, we were kids. It's just, it's a hard time in one's life, especially when you're different. And um, I think the, the, the triumph is when you come back to it and you're just, you, you become a, a well-rounded human being as an adult, and then you start, stop caring what other people think. That's when it gets really good for me. at yeah. least. Absolutely. And I, I remember you also mentioning um, like, wishing that Jigglypuff was real and saying that, you know, it's not even like necessarily your favorite Pokemon, but I think it fully embodies this thing where it's like, I want to be able to love this pink, adorable, cuddly creature and not be shamed for it. Mm -hmm. And that's like, you know, kind of what I read into it a little bit, but I, I, that's how I feel is like, why didn't I just like let myself love this stuff? I, for a very long time was very adverse to Sailor Moon and oh, yeah. even, you know, growing up, um, you know, when I first saw even Let's Go po uh, Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, I was like, oh, that's so silly. That's so stupid. Like, whatever. And then it really was this like mental shift for me where I was mm -hmm. like, you know what? Let me just accept it for what it is and just appreciate it for all of the things that it, it gives instead of critiquing all the things it doesn't have or whatever. And then I played it and it's one of my favorite games. There you go. You know, I, it's... I came back to... Sailor Moon uh, at a really early stage of me coming out and um, I remember watching the first episode where the transformation sequence happens and I cried and I was so uh, taken aback by that. I didn't really expect to be so emotional seeing that. Part of it was just uh, nostalgia but the other part was it was the transformation. And for me as uh, gender nonconforming, that was the thing. It was like through clothing or through the envelope, you can become a different person and people can see you differently. And that was like a big thing for me. So yeah, it's, I don't think we make it in the end. You know what I mean? Like we, we've made it and now the, the really good stuff comes afterwards. So it's just it's just a celebration from now on in. Yeah, I can't help I can't thank you enough for sharing your story, putting it down on paper because even that part, whatever the the reality is, it's so difficult to write something out and then share it with the world and be so open about sharing it with the world. You know, for me, I came into Pokemon very late in the game and um, I wanted to explore it a lot earlier. I was really into video games and all of that, but for me it was not until I had left a very abusive relationship that didn't allow me to be um, genuine to the things that I really appreciated and found interesting and fun because of the fear of being judged by others and those surrounding me and, you know, being looked at as an immature 
person. Mm -hmm. I'm a lot younger than everyone in this room. And um, I'm ashamed of my age a lot because I don't feel like that. I um, I don't feel like I fit the age criteria or things of, of people who are still in their 20s. And Pokemon for me, like going back to it kind of made me feel like I was regressing in a way, but it also instilled a sense of identity of like, no, this is who I am. I should be proud of that. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to be reminded that, okay, yeah, it's Pokemon, sure, but it's a symbol for finding yourself and being okay and proud of the person you are and um, building community and sustaining a community like you're like you're doing and how we're doing with this podcast is what it's all about in the end. So totally. again, I can't, I can extend my gratitude enough for your bravery. Amen. Well, and uh, you're enough, Sarah. You've got all it takes. You're totally enough, regardless of what age you are. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how old you are, and it's not important. It's you're enough. And um, I, the, this podcast uh, made me feel as I, like I was part of a community. And I felt, again, before this podcast, I felt sort of alone in my obsession. Like I was I was comfortable with it for the first time. I was like, oh yeah, I'm really obsessed with Pokemon again. Uh, but I didn't, I wasn't tapped on Instagram yet. I, hadn't, I didn't start the Binder Institute. And uh, the podcast really inspired me to just do it because I had notes about the Binder Institute going back to like 2018. And I was just like, I was doing my master's and I was like busy with other stuff. And eventually, listening to the podcast was like, I have to start just doing it. I have to take the time every now and then to write a, do a write up and just scan some cards and people are going to like it or not. And it'll be out there. Right. And regardless of whether or not they like it, it, it's still you and it's still coming to terms with, you know, not even coming to terms, but being like proud and genuinely happy that you're free. You feel free enough to express yourself in a way that's genuinely authentic. Like that's something I think I've learned a lot from doing this podcast and from, I don't know, just, you know, really surrounding myself with people who support the same passions I do, who align with the same passions I do, who celebrate that with me. And that's what community is all about. Yeah. And seeing now uh, Pokemon being pretty much as big as it's ever been, maybe bigger than the days of, you know, base set packs and Pokemon it's Yellow. It's it's absolutely massive. And working at the comic shop, people come through and it's it's truly it just from all walks of life, it's everybody coming mm-hmm. through. And there's one thing that everybody has in common, and it's that comfort. Yeah. Uh, to going back when you're a kid, because, you know, Pokemon is not really I mean, yeah, there's Charizard and people latch on <laughs> to the dragon. Charizard? <laughs> but the thing is, it's like not about, you know, it's not the most macho or the most, you know, uh, the not. anime and stuff. It's not the most depth or anything, but it's it's everybody can pull something different and it's comfort. And it mm-hmm. reminds you of being a kid where the things that we're talking about now that kind of pushes from that didn't exist because as a kid, you like something for what it is and for what you enjoy in it. And everybody had that experience with Pokemon and is loving to share that with the new generation, tons of kids and parents being like, these are the cards I had and just going through it. So it's about sharing. It's about going back to the time when you could just enjoy what you enjoyed. And I think the the pandemic really did that for a lot of hobbies and mm-hmm. just everybody needs a warm hug from 
you know, their good pal, Professor Oak from back in the, well, maybe not that, but you know what I mean. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I remember the first time I was wearing a Pikachu shirt and it said, uh, you've got the power on it. And uh, yeah. an older kid came up to me and said, you've got the power. That's so stupid. You're so stupid for wearing that. And then I didn't wear any shirts that ever like advertised my, uh, you know, the things that brought me joy. So for years, you know, Pokemon, Digimon, Power Rangers, all stuff that I've I've liked throughout my life. I I wouldn't tell anybody that because you don't really want people to know what you like that might or may not be mainstream or might be seen as, as childish or weird. And a lot of my interests are still like, you know, child's interests. I, I don't like <laughs> heavy things i like nice light uh fun packages that make me think that everything's gonna be okay and uh ever since i started advertising the fact that i'm a pokemon lover uh primarily human second um (laughs) i've met a lot more nicer people and had a lot more pleasant conversations and just have uh you know I mean, I, I remember when um, uh, Pokemon Go came out, like everybody was into that. And like the the world seemed like it was healing finally before it all, you know, unhealed itself. But <laughs> but a fun it's thing, true. too, that I that I really enjoy about where Pokemon is now, 25 years later, is that we who grew up with the first generation and the follow-up generations, we we who are adults, basically, is what I'm trying to get at. Um, there's so much on offer for us. Like people go deep into all sorts of nooks and crannies in this franchise, and it's not Pokemon International that's giving it to us. It's just community-driven stuff. Absolutely. And like I, part of why I even started the Binder Institute is just because. I was doing my master's and I had my nose in theory books all the time. And I was thinking in theory and I was looking at, you know, contemporary art on the one hand and then Pokemon cards on the other. And I was like, this is just art. And I have very similar ideas about these cardboard shiny things and I can write them down. People that are interested in reading about that will and can. And so uh, all of a sudden now there's just new information for people that are interested to chew on. But there's already like a a plethora of things that people can get into that isn't TM Pokemon. You know what I mean? Like it's not trademark. It's just community produced, which is what I love. And I think that's an awesome segue to talk about. (laughs) The one. The one, Porygon. Yes. Why Porygon? And I think maybe why Porygon in many ways, like why a subject Porygon too to, to pick Porygon out of all the Pokemon you could have picked to kind of hyper focus on. I know it's weird when I when I try to st- take a step back, I'm like really because I didn't grow up uh, loving Porygon. I couldn't afford nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine Poke dollars <laughs> for a Porygon, Who so can? I I think I got it. Uh, in one of my first runs, because I was using the the missing no glitch to duplicate nuggets, and then I just 
bought it. Yeah, that's um, that's the best way. That was the I way. I disagree. No, I agree. After <laughs> yeah, just... after witnessing after witnessing Dave go through eight hours getting uh through uh Pokemon I can't believe, gambling. I can't just believe. grind the Elite Four. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really impressed, Dave. I cannot believe that you actually did that because I thought it was I legit. I thought it's impossible. There's nobody that can sit through this and actually <laughs> win enough money to buy a Porygon. Like it has to be cheating. There's the only. It's the only I way. am a witness. He did it. We'll discuss. He, he, we'll, he did we'll the discuss. time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Some so why did I choose Porygon? Um, it's because later on in life. So post uh, 2016, when I was starting to think about po uh, Pokemon in a new, uh, deeper way, I just came across the idea. I, I read the the Pokedex entry, which is um, a Pokemon made up entirely of programming code or computer code. It can move freely in cyberspace. That's the 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 Pokedex entry, more or less, for the first generation. I read that and I was like. Well, um, if that's so, if, if Porygon is a Pokemon made entirely of programming code, that would mean then that a Porygon in any Pokemon video game would be a real, quote unquote, Porygon. And so real Pokemon do exist. Um, oh. This was just like an idea that crossed my mind uh, that I thought was like amusing and uh, that I could just like play around with. But then uh, my master's was in fine arts and my work deals a lot with uh, reality versus fiction. So I started reading into the theory about uh, whether there is a reality, uh, why do we make the distinction between fiction and reality? Isn't just reality the dominant fiction that we all produce through our perception? And so the notion that fiction could be real was very tangible to me. And Porygon just became this like obsessive subject. Like you said, Dave, I just started like thinking about it a lot. And I'm sure people would really just sort of chuckle at the sort of stuff that I write. A lot of it is playful and meant to be. But um, I set out on this project and I just put up the first iteration of it. It was a show that was presented in uh, Moncton, New Brunswick at a, a printmaking center called Imago. And in it, uh, me and a collaborator, we just worked at trying to find ways to pull Porygon into reality, into materiality. And the first and probably most obvious uh, way for me was to take pictures of it in Pokemon Snap and then pull those pictures out into a material form. So yeah, Porygon to me is just an interesting philosophical paradigm. And I would add to that, it's pink and blue, color of the trans flag, and it's genderless, which I obviously rep. So I there's a lot of read, and it's a cute little thing when it when its eyes curve like a little rainbow, and it, to say that it's happy, like doesn't your heart just melt? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it has such an integral role in Pokemon Snap too. It's like you can't ignore it because you need it to progress. So true. Uh, I I remember from the first time I saw it, I was in love with it, but I didn't know why. Mm -hmm. I was just I was like, I have no idea what this is, what it's trying to be. I just know it's adorable and it's really cute, just floating there. And it's <laughs> kind of weird that it's even like the way 
Pokemon Snap being a, a side game and not core series, I feel like they're often taking like small liberties with these sort of games. Why is Porygon out in the wild? Like it shouldn't necessarily be. So it sort of calls attention to the fact that it's out of place, which makes me feel like I'm really inside of a game. I don't know. I love mm-hmm. that part though. I played it like a hundred times to get the picture that I put up in the show. So played it a lot. <laughs> and and now everybody can play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If you have a Switch, I guess. <laughs> it's and, one of my and, favorite Pokemon games. Seriously. I, I remember I was sitting in a, a lecture and my professor asked the class, why did you become an artist? Do you remember? No, the question was, do you remember when you knew you were an artist? And this is a master's class. So we're like 10 students. Everybody goes around and I answer something sort of probably a half-ass answer. And then somebody says, I was playing um, Paper Mario on the Nintendo 64 and the ice levels really got me going. And this person was doing just art about snow and ice and northern things in Canada. And then it just hit me like, Pokemon Snap is what got me into photography. And photography got me into cinema. And then cinema got me into fine arts. And that's how I literally became an artist. I can't really trace it back further than Pokemon Snap. Hmm. So it produced me. What That's a journey. Yeah. I mean, it's it, in a weird way, I guess it did teach me like composition, like Professor Oak did <laughs> in a very <laughs> limited way. Yeah, in a terrible non-artistic way. If, if the if the subject is in the middle, you get the points. You yeah. are but, close. You know, that's that's pretty basic composition right there. You yeah. know? Is that what you're learning in your with your master's program? It's yes. just as and, many as possible and as close to the center and close up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you throw apples at your subject, you get extra points. <laughs> Man, oh, it must be, be a... crazy in the life drawing class. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially everybody that's naked. It gets really weird. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, shout outs to your... Uh, uh, your uh, colleague, your 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 co-student, yes, Professor uh, Jin. Uh, uh, no, the 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 one who said that um, uh, ice levels. Uh, oh yes, yes. Uh, are aesthetically pleasing. Everybody knows that the ice level in video games are the best levels. They are, and the music is always so like chimey and nice. Yes, yes. I totally, I totally vibe with that. As compared to desert levels. Desert levels? Depends. They could really rake up the anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, um, totally. yeah totally with Porygon, too. The, the, just uh, looking at him and uh, appreciating him uh, while I was looking him up. Um, I, the, my first memory with Porygon was, you know, every once in a while you'd let your Pokemon Red version, uh, like chime on in the background before you started the game and uh if you'll remember it's uh it's your main character red or blue just sitting there tossing the pokeball up and down in his hand and the pokemon slide right behind him and it starts out with your charmander or squirtle but every once in a while porygon would go there and i'd always hit the button right on porygon because i liked his cry so much mm. and because he 
took up the entire <laughs> sprite window. And uh, yeah, his coloring is phenomenal. Peter, do you want to demonstrate the cry for us? Uh, it sounds like... <laughs> I think one thing that was so exciting about Porygon 2 is anytime there's some sort of scarcity to a Pokemon back in the day, I just remember being like, oh, this one must be important. Yeah. Like, that's why I love Snorlax so much, just because I use my Master Ball on Snorlax for the fact that my older brother <laughs> said, there's only two of them, and if you kill them, that's it. And I was like, better make this one count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even the the hitmon like you have a choice between one or the other that made them seem super rare far-fetched i was like this guy must be awesome because you have to trade and there's only one in the game and you're right he is, yeah. he is awesome he has a leak which yeah. i didn't know what, what a leak was until i was like an adult we didn't have that yeah. where i was from i was just like pokemon taught me what that was too yeah <laughs> i actually did not meditate on the leak until uh leak spin became a meme if you'll remember i don't know the beautiful that. meme of leak spin it's a it's a character it's a, from bleach who's uh, spinning a leak and there's a polka song playing in the background, and it is a lovely polka song that'll get stuck in your head. Definitely. I'd let that play for hours. You know, when you said polka song, I get it like P-O-L, but I was like, <laughs> what Pokemon song is it? Yeah, right? <laughs> Weird Al has a uh, Pokemon polka song. I bet he does. It's actually pretty good. Weird Al is also one of those things that you would like, and then also you couldn't tell people you liked just in case they think you were a nerd. One of the best shows I've been to as an adult. Yeah. When I saw and... him at Bonnaroo, he was great. <laughs> I liked him on Tim and Eric. Oh yeah, it's good. You're speaking our our language. Uh, Peter and I bonded over Tim and Eric for a very very long time. Yeah, and Venture Bros, and Pokemon, oh, yeah. and <laughs> what else? Just uh, Jim. Sh- sheer attraction. Gym class. <laughs> <laughs> Animal um, magnetism. Yeah. So, I was kind of surprised, but um, Porygon and the other Porygons uh, are pretty popular uh, internationally. So going into our little facts here, I went through the official Pokemon Company poll. And in 2020, Porygon uh, was the 21st most popular uh, Cantonian Pokemon behind wow. King and in front of Vulpix, which kind of blew my mind because Vulpix. In front of Vulpix, yeah. Yeah. Big popular Pokemon. Uh, of course, Brock's one of Brock's coolest Pokemon. Um, and then overall was 161st, uh, behind Excadrill, which blew my mind in front of Lilligant. Porygon 2, uh, was the 25th Pokemon overall for Johto, uh, behind Quilava and in front of Wooper. Um, and 195 overall behind Magnemite, who got a huge glow up in the next year from Japan mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, Cincino. Uh, Porygon Z was 30th in Sinnoh behind Munchlax and 235th overall behind Rabombi and in front of my one of my favorite Shininja. Uh, 
weirdly enough, in 2021, only Porygon 2 placed, and not overall, because overall I think they only did 50, but uh, this one was strictly in Japan, and Porygon 2 was 21st in Johto, behind Furret, and in front of Politoed. Hmm. So, yeah, these big internationally, the not as big mm-hmm. in Japan. I feel like the scarcity bumps them up, though. They, they feel special. Yeah, they're sc- scarce in game, and they're also scarce because of uh, trauma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll have to get to that, of yes. course. Yes, of course. So they always, they always feel... Very, you know, they're one of the Pokemon that are standouts to me. When I when I think of like who are the who are the special guys, who are the ones that 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 really make me uh, consider their their cultural uh, and game implications. It's definitely Porygon. Yeah, and like to speak about the cultural implications. One thing that I do really like about Porygon is that it's a polygonal model. It's an artifact from the 90s, clearly. And I think, I feel like it's cool that, well, I read—I I didn't know this. I read this on Bulbapedia just today. Apparently, Porygon was created like as an ironic sort of reply to people commenting on how the game was being developed so late for the Game Boy, while uh, 3D consoles were just on the verge of coming out. So it was sort of just like a, a, a an ironic sort of wink at, well, you know, I'm making a 3D Pokemon anyways. But uh, you'll may you you might remember that it was also one of the cards that came with the N64 promo packs. It was like that in Japan too, but here we got uh, Porygon as a promo card with a specific N64 pack. So I feel like it's sort of like a mascot in a way for that whole era of Nintendo because it is a polygonal model. It, it fits in right in with that culture. And um, yeah, Satoshi Tajiri created Porygon and it's exactly that. And I think, like you just said, it really explains Nintendo at that time and still to today where like the Switch isn't winning with graphics. <laughs> Like, they're never top of the line. They're never going towards what is now, what is the most labor-intensive for the hardware. It's always about an experience. Mm -hmm. And Pokemon is the biggest franchise ever. And it started from the humble beginnings of Game Boy. When they had bigger consoles out there, they weren't even in the 2D market. People thought that would be left behind, but... I mean, Nintendo's still doing it. Um, so his. I quote, mean, yeah. Look at look at Arceus. Look look at how much shit it got for how um, quote unquote behind the times the graphics were. It's like that's not what it's about yeah. with Pokemon. Like Every, that for me, like that never bothered me or even crossed my mind once. Everybody always wanted an open world Pokemon game. And then they finally delivered and they're like, oh, the graphics aren't good enough. The the fact that uh, Pokemon is even on like a console now instead of just a handheld, although a Switch uh, totes the line between both, is is still just it's it's so nice to me. Uh huh. And I I'd like to also just highlight um, because it is a part of the essay that we were uh, referring to earlier, uh, the whole 
thing with Nintendo in the 90s was the proprietary connection technology, which was like so absurd with all, you know, you could get the printer for the Game Boy, you had the link cable, you could put your Game Boy cart in the transfer pack, and then you could, like the connectivity was really sort of rudimentary, but it had a lot of uh, objects involved, but it could take place. And um, they, I think Pokemon was a big draw for them because uh, the potential for battling and trading really opened up that market. And when I was talking about the, the Pokemon, the Pokedex entry earlier, the second line is uh, a Pokemon that can navigate freely in cyberspace. And with the show that I put up uh, just a few months ago, the idea that came with that specific line was that, well, although those you know Game Boys and N64s couldn't connect to the internet, um, all that link technology was a sort of ephemeral network that you could navigate through as a Pokemon. So Porygons can navigate through cyberspace in the real world. It's through that proprietary technology and in the show, I had two Porygons battle each other in uh, Pokemon Stadium, and they were caught in a Game Boy cart. They were caught in gold, transferred to yellow, and then transferred to Stadium. What wow. a cool concept to think about, because then, it's that's very tangible, right? Yeah, they're moving around. Yeah. You're giving them the, the, the highway to do it. And then in uh, for Silver, or... Well, Gold, silver. Of course, we got Porygon too, which we'll get to. But um, something I learned only recently is that um, Crystal is only named Crystal after uh, the ability to use cellular connection. Um, There was a cell phone adapter only uh, sold in Japan, proprietary through Nintendo. And I think Nokia where there was the basic, very basic, basic kind of like GTS for Pokemon. And Crystal was supposed to be um, kind of alluding to Crystal that is used in cellular technology at that time. Um, And of course, that didn't work as well. But I, I wonder, knowing that they were playing with transferring like mystery gift they had the ir on the top of the game boy color and then using that online trading if porygon 2 like this is the time to bring it back wonder if it had something to do with that because that would only intensify the 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 backstory yeah definitely i could see that yeah I uh, a lot of weird uh, Game Boy stuff. <laughs> I read a very sad story on the internet the other day. It was uh, a guy posted a picture of his Poke Walker that had a Houndoom in it. And he was saying, like, what do I do with this guy? The game in which he originated in and all of his friends have long since been erased. He's stuck in this Poke Walker and he can never go back to the world that he came from. And do I keep him in limbo for the rest of the, the days or do I, uh, do I get rid of him? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that is a little bit of a, a sad thing about all of this transferring that Nintendo has made. I mean, there was a, a rift between Gen 1 and Gen 2, Gen 1, Gen 2, and then, of course, you know, 
they cut it off for three and going forward, you can do it. And they only brought back Gen 1 and Gen 2 when you can uh, download that onto your DSs. Um, but they are able to you're able to bring your friends with you through the generations. And I do still have Pokemon uh, somewhere that have been with me since I was in high school. Uh, I have a Pokemon that was caught by my first girlfriend. Uh, you know, they, they, they still exist and they still uh, live. They, they still live. And now Nintendo is shutting down some of the services and they, they might get stuck. And what am I to do? now? Um, weirdly, I remember thinking this was crazy that, um, so leaf green, I had my Charmander that I named Char, just like I did in the original game. And then I bred him and brought him into Diamond, I think, or maybe Emerald. And he had a son that was EV trained named Sarge. And then Sarge was bred and got a Charmander that was given to Carl from the Every FNFF podcast. And basically, there's the lineage of a Pokemon from 2004 that has been traded up. Like there is, there is a a, a great grandfather Charmander that is how old now? Sixteen, eighteen. <laughs> it's, it's wild, and the thing is, like, it's digital, yes, but I mean, he's a whole adult. Ancestry.com, like, unless you go find the people's bones, are they are are a, a memory and a list on the internet? So mm-hmm. I just Very need true. to find my charm Charizard's bones. Yeah, Char's lineage might outlive you. Probably, yeah. Probably will, yeah. Let's hope. <laughs> Is that a threat? <laughs> <laughs> That's a promise. Oh no. Um oh. speaking of legacy. Did you know that Porygon technically originated in 1976? No. So in the... uh, Is it... Which one is it? It's... I'm trying to figure out what Pokedex entry. Um, It says that it was created 20 years ago in the Pokemon Lab on Cinnabar Island using the latest technology of the time. So many of the parts have since become obsolete. So Pokemon uh, was created in 1996, so 20 years prior, 1976, the first hmm. Porygon. I mean, it it's very uh, Silicon Valley computer time, so it would make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in, we're in Japan, I know, but it's 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 a key era for for programming. I'm just surprised they didn't make it that beige that all computers. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> It's speaking of like looks, I was surprised looking at the sprites for Gen 1. The Japanese sprite looks a lot better than both sprites from everywhere else. Like the red and green and yellow sprites all look awful. And the blue and green sprites look great. Yeah, I was noticing that too. And uh, I have to give a shout out to the crystal sprite because it is so dope. Oh, it's so good. It's like phasing in and out, like panels of it are like coming in and coming out. And it just like really shows what Porygon is like supposed to be like. It's like so cool. Yeah, you can see its makeup 
as a digital thing. It's just like, yeah, it's the best. Yeah, the back this is also though for the original games is just too hilarious not to love. Oh yeah, because it's like a little chick kind of thing. It's just like heads popping up. It's it's very weird. Yeah, I, I just still it. can get over the the original sprite in a uh, red. I mean, that one is just like what happened. <laughs> like <laughs> they were that... doing their best. They're trying to represent a three D object in two dimensions. But it's yeah. weird because the Japanese sprites being the first ones usually are the worst and the one for porygon is surprisingly like not lopsided like all the others <laughs> i this is a little bit off topic but i saw the back sprite for uh golem in uh gold and silver the other day and it's it's basically just like the top of his head and then one like reaching out claw arm and it looks so awful i'm like oh man i remember gold and silver being like flawless but i guess golem was their their one like uh blind spot well even the original golem sprite it's so weird because he's got like a happy little lizard head yeah he's making like arms. little like spit bubbles it looks like <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking it up right now the uh yeah <laughs> it looks like he fell over and he's trying to reach up like i'm okay yeah <laughs> i'm gonna share it with the, the class <laughs> oh there's my camera um, I was going to say that this Pokemon is the only Pokemon with DRM built in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when DRM was just starting to be like a topic where Spore came out and everybody's like, EA is killing piracy with their proprietary DRM. And this is like bad for us, us pirates. All of us and, know uh, what DRM is because we're so good at it. But for the people who are listening and may have no idea... Uh, what's DRM? <laughs> it's uh, digital rights management. Oh uh, yeah, so of course. Yeah, it's I just... knew that too, Dave. Oh, yeah. Of course, we, we knew are... this. We were talking about that earlier, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, funny yeah. to bring it up. So, did you guys smoke DRM yet? <laughs> I will. Uh, I will be. I will take full ownership that I was like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" <laughs> I had no idea. So, so D- DRM is the stuff um, where your programs have something built in to make sure that they're valid so like either there's always an internet connection or they're scanning like a specific key or something and you know back in the day you could like generate product keys pretty simply for programs and download them pretty easily but you know nowadays it's it's a little bit more complicated but the um issue with drm is that a lot of the times have having like an always online internet connection is not possible so if you try to access your program that you bought but you don't have internet access now you can't access it like that's not right you know yeah so drm is kind of like this thing where if you use it too much it could hurt you but you kind of have to use it to avoid piracy but um you know now we're seeing things like Oh, if you want to use a Keurig coffee pod, you can't use your own because it's looking for a specific code on the bottom of the foil. And so now your, you know, coffee maker has DRM and it's like, why does everything need to have? uh, Yeah, you're not using HP official ink. Uh, Your printer will now (laughs) self-destruct. Yeah, Yeah, I uh, caught a Porygon. 
uh, and I didn't have the license, so I could only use it in trial mode for 30 days. <laughs> yeah, yeah well. it charge, it'll charge me a subscription of $80 million a month if I don't unsubscribe. But yeah. you're very lucky because this Pokemon can't be duplicated now. So that's ah, right. Which is something I wanted to bring up. It's like it says um, one of the facts I've is that I've duplicated this... a Porygon. Okay, well, I guess case in point. Um, well, it says that Get him, Porygon Napster. can't be duplicated, but the fact of the matter is that there are so many Porygons that exist. So, is this um, are all the Porygons that exist clones? Or are like cancerous computer viruses I think that just what, exist in the in the ether? I think what they're hinting at is that like if I trade my Porygon to you, it's not like it has duplicated the Porygon. It is still my Porygon that has now just been like copied over to your game. Like I think that's what they're trying to go by. But you could definitely just unplug the connection cable and then you get a duplicated Porygon. Yeah. <laughs> command Command C, Command V. Or you can do the duplication glitch in gold and silver. Yeah. Get as many Porygons as you want. I remember an emerald just cloning so many uh, Linoons. Because I wanted like an army of uh, Linoons that could do uh, use the the ability pickup to get me as many Mm -hmm. rare candies as possible. I uh, love the idea of just you being like, aha, go, Lanoons, <laughs> like an army. The cops come to raid you and you come out of the basement with just an army of weasels. <laughs> That's my headcanon. Uh, they're cool Pokemon. I love them. I think they, they're they're good belly drummers. Um, Porygon has two signature moves. Conversion mm-hmm. and Conversion 2. How original. And sharpen for a little bit. Yeah. I liked sharpen because I just imagined Porygon having like jousting beak. <laughs> like in the TV show where yeah. it jousts against a shield. Um, yeah. Or in the Pokemon uh, Saffron City stage in... Uh, Pokemon or in uh, Super Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. you'd go into the the open uh, hangar door, and all of a sudden a Porygon would smash right into you. I completely forgot that I was there. Yeah, and then you get to see conversion, uh, where it changes its appearance to mimic another Pokemon. Uh, it also has demonstrated the ability to change color for camouflage, which we see in Pokemon Snap, where it mm-hmm. looks like rocks until you and bushes. Just- yeah, you beat the shit out of it with whatever things you have to toss. It has <laughs> to be it... a pester ball. Pester ball, okay. You yeah. have to poison and, it. And then all yeah. of the uh, the texture explodes off of it. Yeah. So I learned something really interesting about uh, the question mark, question mark, question mark type through conversion. Do you guys know about question mark, question mark, question mark types? I'm, I'm aware of question mark, question mark, question mark type. I believe it's pronounced, huh? <laughs> yeah, huh? Pokemon? No, I don't. Um, I'm not aware of this. Neither so, am I. conversion uh, in Gen One changes Porygon's type to its opponent's type, um, but they changed it from Generation Two on, where it will change its type to uh, the type of one of the user's moves. And as a result, conversion cannot be used on Curse, which is weird. 
but curse is actually not a ghost type move. It is a question mark, question mark, question mark move. And that is a special category of Pokemon that have no resistances and no effectiveness against any other type. Um, and it's just kind of was used as like a default category when you wanted a move that, you know, wasn't effective or, you know, resisted by anything. And like curse kind of, I think maybe struggle. I think struggle does become a uh, question mark, question mark, question mark type later on. Yeah. But, um, at, at least for now, it was especially for Curse, um, because, of course, Curse has acts different a little effects, weird. Different effects based off of whether a ghost uses it or a uh, non-ghost uses it. Yeah, but they basically just made it so that you couldn't change Porygon into a question mark, question mark, question mark type Pokemon. But, oh my god, it would be so cool if you could. <laughs> Seriously. Maybe that's the uh-huh. next Eevee evolution they're going to have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just a very uh, confusing. You they're just like, shaved. Yeah, they're making just moves like a... to try to uh, uh, get rid of all mentions of that type because it, I think it's caused them too much trauma over the years. It's mm-hmm. like everyone's favorite bird type Pokemon. Yeah. Now. <laughs> I love Wild. that, too. That's, that's, my, let, that's something that if I went to a bar and they were like, oh, tonight's trivia night. And they asked that question. (laughs) My entire life will have led up to that moment. (laughs) What's the only bird type Pokemon? Oh, it's missing. No. (laughs) Is that true? Yeah. So. Wow. The. In Gen 1, uh, obviously there's a flying type, but. I guess there is code for a bird-type Pokemon as well, which is, for all intents and purposes, the same as the flying-type, except for no Pokemon are bird-type, except for if you catch a missing no, its type is bird-type. Amazing. Yeah. It was trivia night. You got your chance, Peter. (laughs) I love being able to... Oh, man. I, I, I love that... I'm not the only one who knows this, too, because <laughs> Dave set me up for that. I think we need to find a bar that will let us do, like, Pokemon Trivia Night. That'd be yeah. good. Oh, my God. I would love that. So good. We'll have to figure it out. We'll have to... Yeah. Okay. I'm going to keep that in the back of my head. Maybe once we do all 150, well, that's going to be a busy time. Yeah. Maybe in, like, 2023, we'll look for a bar to do Pokemon Trivia. That'd be fun. Let's um, do it at the after party. After party at your wedding. Yes. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. Oh, Pokemon love. It's so good. It's, a, oh, it's isn't adorable. It, great? it makes <laughs> my heart melt. It. I'm so happy for you guys. We got our uh, Pokemon Center stuff for the wedding in recently. <laughs> ah, We're <yeah>. shopping. <laughs> Excited yeah. to, to go through that. Um, Lovely. So did y'all know that um, Porygon, the line of Porygon, is the only um, line of Pokemon that uh, need to be traded to evolve? So you can have a Porygon at level 1, you can have a Porygon 2 at level 1, and you can have a Porygon Z at level 1. I love that because I remember the Little Cup in Pokemon Stadium being so fun for me because 
there was a way in Pokemon Yellow to get a, a Dragonair that was technically Little type, and I love the fact that you could bring like a evolved Pokemon into the Little Cup. A little Cup, of course, being only Pokemon that are under level fifteen, I believe. Um, so now, if they still have a Little Cup, I have not played any of the. Um, well, they don't really have Stadium type games no. anymore. Um, what was Bring the last back, you one? What was the last one that was tight, sort of it like was a, the one for the Wii? Yeah, like Battle Coliseum? Stadium, Battle Stadium, no. yeah. But that was more of just like a way to see the Pokemon battles on the DS in like a um, better resolution. Like yeah. it had all of the like unique animations and it had all the cool like move effects and stuff. But you really could not do like the little cup type stuff. There was no mini games. You just took the Pokemon from your DS and used them to battle on the Wii. Yeah, I would love for them to come out with a, a new game like that and then me be able to kill all the little baby Pokemon with a fully buffed all out Porygon Z <laughs> or Porygon 2. I, uh, something else about how Porygon can be tiny. All the Porygons also, they're the only three-stage evolution line that can all learn Giga Impact and hyper beam because all three at one point were considered fully evolved yeah which i don't think that's ever happened with any other pokemon because no, there's been I... tons that are like we're fully evolved we made it and then the next time we're like just kidding now just we're there kidding. there's more yeah and it's also the only three stage evolutionary line that does not require or that that does require trading to get to the next evolution yeah. That's why I've never had a Porygon 2 or a Porygon C. I don't do I've a never lot had of trading. Yeah. I know I got a Porygon 2, and then I think I, tr I on the DS, got a Porygon 2 traded to me so I could get a Porygon Z. Yeah, I had um, a few traded to me to supplement because... my live decks obsession at the time. Well, and the thing, too, is as soon as I saw Porygon Z, I was like, I have to have this. Yes. Like, it's, the story that this Pokemon's evolution line tells is incredible. It is. Uh, and Arceus. I love all their cries I, as well. Yeah. Arceus, I, I ran the whole way through with a, a Porygon to Porygon 2 to Porygon Z. And I, when I read that they had Arceus Pokedex mm -hmm. entries, because I have not played yet, I know, but I was like, oh my, I can't believe they added Porygon to Arceus. Yeah, <laughs> and story. it's so cute. Yeah, the, the, the Pokedex entry for it is so cute too, because it's like, what is this phenomena of a Pokemon? Because it just couldn't fathom the idea of technology or anything yeah. like that. It's so alive, I say it's all but three it does not breathe and it does not have a heartbeat what the hell it's like it's this is an utterly bizarre anomaly yeah it says it has no discernible heartbeat and does not seem to draw breath and yet it appears to function without issue i cannot even begin to explain this utterly bizarre anomaly yeah and uh in the game there are these areas that will pop up um what are they called are they called anomalies space time dimensions space time dimension right? Where things are or, kind of like um, distortions, sorry, distortions. space-time distortions. They're unstuck from time, so you'll see things that couldn't exist. Like, for example, you'll be able to find a Porygon, and some of the items that are used to evolve it 
Um, or maybe you'll see some Eevee evolutions that have not been discovered yet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I really wish they had made a, uh, a wooden Porygon for Arceus evolution. Oh, that would have been, <laughs> oh, what a missed opportunity. It would have been good, like steam powered. Really yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or like made out of like pages of a book, like paper. Yeah. It could be Yeah, Oregon. because it is. Right. I mean, some of the um, the inspiration for Porygon I read is based off of the origami crane. crane yeah. Yeah. The uh, the items that you have to trade with uh, the Porygons to make them evolve. I Like I said, I've never had a Porygon 2 or a Porygon Z, so I didn't really know how their evolutions worked. I discovered that later on. But when I was looking at it, uh, I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to be making works about porygon a fun way to do like an addition i can make prints but what if i made like floppy disks uh that would be like the dubious disk in the game and then have like either a picture of a porygon inside or an nft or i don't even know what that means but you know a digital (laughs) thing inside and that would be the addition that's great first time i played pokemon gold version it was off of a, a rom that was on a floppy disk what? wow that was before it came to the united states my friend uh dave not not uh not you dave but uh another friend dave uh gave me a floppy disk with a uh a, a rom and an emulator on it and then i put it into my floppy drive and was able to play japanese pokemon gold Wow. And go nowhere because I could not read Japanese. That's amazing. <laughs> what um, a world we live in. Yes. And I well, copied that floppy. <laughs> don't you copy that floppy? Well, uh, Porygon in Japan um, got into a little bit of hot water. Yeah. Mm. Let's talk about it. Episode 38, where it all began. Two specimen created by Dr. Akihabara, which is interesting, uh, appeared one uh, appeared one of which was stolen by Team Rocket, while the other one was borrowed by Ash and his friends. Both were left behind. Um, so that's the main plot. But the most important part is that uh, this episode caused more than 600 children in Japan to be transferred to hospitals by ambulance because of seizure-like symptoms they reported and this Mm -hmm. was due to a flashing strobe effect um in the episode and was banned and never aired again anywhere in the world because of course the u.s was farther behind uh the porygon episode never came to the u.s and just to kind of you know a pr move porygon and its evolutions were never really featured in any episodes which is which we can unpack because yes. Porygon was a scapegoat. If you look at the episode, Pikachu is the one causing mm-hmm. the seizure-like yep. stroboscopic oh. effects, and it's it's like they didn't want to have the mascot take the rap, so mm-hmm. they put all of the blame on Porygon, and that's why it was banned forever and ever, including its evolutions. But it's BS. They should have should have maybe slapped Pikachu on the fingers and then just let everything else slide. What a scandal. I yeah. remember knowing about this when I was, was a kid. Like it was I 
everywhere on the news for a little bit. Well, my access to it being a little francophone child in a predominantly anglophone world. Uh, so culturally, uh, some things were accessible to me, some were inaccessible. I learned about this in a magazine at the library at my little village francophone school in a magazine called Les Débrouillards. And anything that had Pokemon on it back then, I would just run to. And on the cover page, they had Pikachu. And I was so disappointed to find out that it was like a scientific analysis about all these kids having seizures in Japan. I was like, this is not the stuff that I'm trying to get at. Like, this is not what I want to read about. But I was aware of it. And it's always stuck with me since then. Like, I've always been so, uh, I've always associated Porygon with that. And I was reading about it today. Like, I, I was like, it'd be cool to read a few, like, uh, scholarly essays on the matter. Apparently, they, they found out that specifically in the stroboscopic effect, it's uh, a deep red and a blue flashing uh, back and forward. The red is the culprit. They found that the red is coming at like 12 hertz, which is right in the sweet spot of where um, seizures can be uh, photosensitive. And um, it's, uh, it affects only the red cones in the eye. And all the other cones are left unaffected. So it becomes overstimulation for the visual cortex. And that's where it happens. Oh, Damn. man. That's why I, um, I know that Nintendo was very. Uh, they thought they were screwed. Uh, they of they course. definitely tried to do as much uh, PR work as possible. This was when Pokemon was very new and delicate too, and like it was looking like it was going to be hot. And I'm sure that they they really really wanted to make it go away. But as a kid, I. I was not sensitive to this story. I thought, it's BS. I can't watch a single episode of Pokemon because some kids couldn't... They were sitting too close to the TV. or And I, you know, I was one of those people that if, if it didn't happen to me, uh, yeah. then, you know, screw it. Yeah. Pikachu yeah. used Flash. It was super effective. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, it's just like weirdly, like one day, I, like recently, I, I was like driving home uh, over the winter and my head hurt and I've been staring at the computer all day and all of a sudden my entire world turned green and I was, I was seeing everything just like the stop sign was green, the, the lights in my car were green and it scared the bejesus out of me. And uh, my optometrist recently told me that I was having like a like a uh, like a visual migraine or something like oh, that. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And then all, like all of a sudden I was like, oh man, like it must have been so scary for all those six hundred children <laughs> who are like having <laughs> having seizures just from seeing flashing red. Like I don't know. I, I I don't know, it kind of clicked with me, but like the first time I ever thought like my, my brain was like failing and uh, all of a sudden I was like, oh, it's okay. I, I missed one Porygon episode and 600 children went to the hospital. I, <laughs> I, I, I finally understand. Has anybody watched the episode? 
I watched oh, it I today to. again. I had seen Did it before. You? Yeah. You're so daring. It's like the ring. I want to test my cones. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, if I was pre-determined uh, to have a seizure, I would have had it. But I guess I'm not in that specific group. I should have let my cat watch it. My cat is epileptic. I could have tested oh, it on, no. on, on Luna. <laughs> no. I think also, too, if you watch it on, like, a smaller screen and in a well-lit room, it probably um, is better. <laughs> I think also because a lot of the um, the articles were talking about the electron gun. So on a CRT, it might be totally a different thing from yeah, these LCD that's what displays I'm that we too. have today. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, it must be much more intense coming from a CRT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like the and the PR was like, was also like, they shut down, I, I, this is my understanding of it. They shut down the show for like a little while just to sort of clean things up a bit. And before they started airing it again, they had like a one hour special where it was like this uh, British scientist that had sort of done the research for the UK and these two Japanese hosts just like asking him questions about, well, why did the children have seizures? And can you explain this to us? And then the anime started after that. Nice. The longest theme song ever. <laughs> About the theme song, I was watching the uh, that episode today, and the theme song in Japanese, I it just suddenly hit me. It's in Pokemon Pinball. It's in the blue stage when you're trying to catch a Pokemon. It's the it's the opening song to the anime in Japan. Really? Okay. Yeah. I never put that together. Yeah. Listen to it. You'll okay. see. You'll be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, I played a lot of Pokemon Pinball when it came out. It, I still have it. Have not played it in years. It's still fun. Like a regular pinball machine, I don't think that I ever, like got to do anything special in it <laughs> the boss just always went right down the hole yeah, so. yeah. i was terrible at it um so uh porygon has a really interesting shiny oh yeah um, so good yeah it's kind of um i kind of see it as the reverse almost so whereas the uh, original porygon color is a dark pink with a light blue it's a dark blue with a light pink almost mm-hmm. um but it's like a dark blue yeah um, it's navy it's it's not yeah. baby anymore uh, not at all it's so cool though yeah in uh in stadium you can if you if you bring in a pokemon from a cart and you've given it a nickname there are certain uh name combinations that change your pokemon's color and each pokemon has like X number of colors that they can be. And when you bring them in from gold and silver, if they're shiny, they correspond to one of those colors. So they're not like special in any way. But yeah, there's a f- there's this fun thing you can do where you just go to the name raider and you whip out combinations and try to get a different colored Pokemon. Oh, that's awesome. I never that's knew awesome. that. Yeah, there's a guy oh, yeah? that did like a whole breakdown of it that f- sort of figured out how it works if you really want to master it. But it's just a fun detail, I find. Uh, I remember seeing a whole bunch of like green-looking hypnos and uh, stuff like that. Mm. A lot of the the Pokemon with a, a lot of yellow ended up turning like <laughs> brown or green. I remember. 
Um, Speaking of yellow, do you know that uh, Porygon is the most expensive in red and yellow? At yeah, 9, that's why. Why are you guys playing specifically the red and yellow versions for your catch them all? Should have played blue. I've never I'm used yellow before. That's why. Mm. I just like to suffer. Yeah, <laughs> I like to earn my Porygons. <laughs> exactly, yeah. it's like Magikarp. Yeah, I'm. I'm achieving something. i like to shop for my groceries on uh double price tuesday <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm happy they're still doing double price tuesday i'm just missing it it's the can can sale where they throw cans at you until you pay them money yeah and blue and green uh it was only 6500 yeah pretty big discount so much better 30 percent off another uh uninteresting tidbit that I came across analyzing cards is um, the card from Team Rocket expansion, Porygon level 20 is the Porygon my uh, claim from yellow, because the Porygon in yellow is level 20, and that card has a non-Pokedex entry where it just says, like, people have been spending so much money at the game corner, and uh, Porygon <laughs> is seen inside of a box. Mm. So it's the game corner Porygon from yellow. That's great. Yeah. That rules. That tells a yeah. wonderful story. <laughs> Do you think Porygon hangs out with Digimon? Uh, I was going to say. Or, originally, my joke was technically this one's a Digimon. <laughs> that was the first one I wrote. That was one of the first things I wrote on my notes, too. It's like... Uh, <laughs> Porygon uh, is a polyhedral with hexagonal eyes. He's made entirely of code, just like every other Pokemon is. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Um, but yeah, do we want to move he... on to Porygon 2? I yes. have just a few other quick things. Go for um, it. We got to give a big shout out to our boy Blue, because Blue has a Porygon. Oh, yes. Blue manga. Um, and that Porygon will eventually evolve into a Porygon 2. Um, I also wanted to say that in the original red and green uh, Japanese games, Porygon wasn't the virtual Pokemon. Uh, they were actually the CG Pokemon. Mm. And then they changed it uh, for the blue version and then for the American and everyone else from there on. Um, and then... The last thing that I was going to say is uh, I always talk about names, but uh, this is one that everybody agreed on. Everybody has the same names for all of the uh, evolutions uh, other than Mandarin, but I do not have the ability to pronounce or uh, decipher Mandarin. So I'm going to just uh, leave it out there that Mandarin is different, um, but everybody else has the exact same name for Porygon. I remember I was talk I was texting my brother one day and he made this joke about uh Porygon being like bad English in Japanese and I was like, Oh, you know, Pat that's tender subjects. You can't make jokes like that and he was like, No, it's it's actually that's the pronunciation of polygon in Japanese and I was like, Oh, I looked it up and it was true. I thought he was being like not PC, yeah. but it is. <laughs> it is how they pronounce it. And the other thing that I wanted to say, Stephen, is uh, I also thought about the 
the manga today. So I pulled it out and I went to the spot where one of the spots where Blue uses his Porygon. And I was surprised to see that it could have made it into my essay because when I was trying to argue that uh, this ephemeral uh, network is a cyberspace, um, I was like, well, this is this is just my stupid idea. And, um, you know, there's no proof of it in the Pokemon world. In the manga, Blue sends his Porygon to Yellow using his Pokedex. He just shoots it to him like pew. Yeah, I saw that. And and in your, your zine, you also mentioned at the end um, your collaborator, uh, Jin. Yes. Um, Jin. Their love for the Mega Man universe and Mega Man Battle Network and how that is kind of like the same idea where now like your couch has a computer in it and your your stove and your fridge and the trees outside and you could just jack in and put your programs in and they can do whatever they want um you know and how that parallels porygon and yeah it uh, when blue did that i saw the the panel today mm-hmm. so cool yeah and apparently like i don't have all the mangas apparently he does it more than once like he calls the Porygon into being through the Pokedex, which I think is like such a cool idea. Yeah, screw Rodham. Bring me Porygon. Yeah. That's I'm about right. to finish the the red chapters and move on to the blue chapters and the, the mangas that I'm reading. So haven't got there yet. Excited. Getting there soon. It's gonna be good. Yeah, uh, I love I love these mangas. They're so fun. Oh. They they <laughs> They'll, they'll do crazy things with Pokemon that uh, I've never even thought of. Yeah, I came across one today that I wanted to tell. Uh, so at, at one point, there's this battle between uh, Surge and I can't re- I th- and Brock, actually. And Brock has this Machamp that kicks a Magneton, kicks the screw square off the Magneton. Like the <laughs> screw on the top just flies off and a hole remains. And then he uses focus energy to bring the magneton closer and sticks his finger in the hole and cracks the magneton. And that's what defeats the magneton. Like it it borders on slicing the Arbok. Like the magneton is covered in cracks. It's falling to pieces, but he shoved his finger in the hole. That's how it happened. I'm going to talk soon in the Zapdos episode about a battle between Surge and Red. Because it, <laughs> it's too good. It's so it's good. very good. Yeah. Porygon 2. Um, we'll go to Porygon yes. 2 now. We're going to trade our Porygon. He's going to be holding the upgrade. And he's going to evolve into Porygon 2. And he's going to sound like... <laughs> and all, all of a sudden, he's uh, artificially intelligent. And is mm-hmm. capable of learning new behaviors of its own. Including information it does not need to know. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so tell me, tell me all that's wrong with me. Let me know what I need to do to be a functioning human being Monday through Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me how to love Porygon Two. Porygon Two, can I have a million dollars? Porygon Two is just well, smarter child. Yeah. <laughs> As much as it it learns things it doesn't know, it also learns new gestures and emotions, Mm -hmm. which I thought was most surprising, is that now Porygon 2 can feel. Feel. (laughs) Which means that Porygon is just a hollow shell. Porygon (laughs) 2 is the real emotive one. Um, 
But Porygon, Porygon 2 no longer has a floppy slot. Porygon 1 probably has a, fl- a floppy disk. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, a... What, what do they call it? It's um wireless charging. <laughs> uh, Porygon 2 basically just looks like Porygon, but you just like upped the turbo smooth and now everything is all, <laughs> uh, you know curved sharpened yeah apparently mm-hmm. it's uh it's imagined using the concept or possibly using the concept of subdivision in uh, C- uh cg modeling i don't know what that means but i i thought it sounded really sounded really cool so the idea basically is like if you take a square and you divide that into f- you know a four by four grid of smaller squares now you're able to curve it a little bit more right so if you just like up that all the way then you can actually get fully curved surfaces and um but so it would be an yeah. illusion right if you go with the magnifying yeah. glass you'd see the it's- yeah, it's the same concept behind calculus, which is basically that anything curved, if you zoomed in super infinitely close, would just be a bunch of really straight lines. Yeah. Um, so our Porygon has just smoothed itself out. It's got tons of more polygons now. And uh, yeah, looking real smooth. Steven, I've been relearning math. I'm mm-hmm. so much dumber than I thought I was. Oh my I God. used to be so good at math. You're yeah. not dumb. It's Math is a language, and it if you don't use a language for a while, you forget the rules. Yeah. So Peter, it's just Peter, a matter of learning those rules again. I totally understand what you mean because I was um, studying last year for the GRE to start a master's, mm-hmm. and I gave up. <laughs> I was like, I'm not giving up uh, on this. Good for you. Power to you. Because I was like, "Um, I'm good. (laughs) Anybody who needs help, I my best friend has literally called me at 2 a.m. for like help on math problems that she's dealing with. So literally, any time you have a math problem, just shoot me a text. What's the math Pokemon? Oh man, me. I don't know. Uh, There you go. (laughs) Um. So Polygon Two was uh upgraded so it could work in space but it can't fly (laughs) so they were like we can get this thing in space and it's like not moving and they're like ah shit they really dunk on it they say it failed to measure up like what is that supposed to mean you programmed me wrong. yeah that's your fault how about some ownership and accountability they say that they programmed it designed for space exploration, but it can't move around well in zero gravity. That sounds like a, when a we big get to problem. Porygon Z, we're going to talk about a disgraced engineer, and <laughs> I don't think the engineers that are working on uh, Porygon Two and Porygon Z are giving it their their A game. Um, there's not they, too much. I feel like a lot of the facts are saying. The same that they might be able to fix that with planetary development software. So are are they saying that eventually the goal is to get Porygon 2 to Terraform? That'd be cool. Mm. I want sci-fi uh, Pokemon universe someday. Um, yeah, I mean... Porygon 2 rules in the naming category. Yeah. Because it's just the sequel. Yeah. It's so genius. 
I love that there's no space between the end of Porygon and then the digit two, which if you accidentally deleted that, you could not mm -hmm. bring it back because you cannot nickname Pokemon with digits. Right. No. And in Japan, it's the only Pokemon that has a numeral in its name. So I read that. Is it only in Japan or is it every Pokemon? I'm trying to think of any other Pokemon that has a number True. in its name. It's so only it's only Porygon 2 as far as I know. And the Japanese thing gets extended to Porygon Z, where in Japanese it's the only Porygon only Pokemon that has a, a hyphen. Uh, no, not even a um non Japanese a, character. A Roman uh, alphabet. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Maybe that's what Maybe that's the tidbit that I was trying to say. Also, well, I'm trying science. to think. I think you're right, though, because I, I'm trying to think of the other of any other Pokemon that has an, a number in its name, and I can't think of there's it. There's none. Well, there's written out numbers, but not a numeral. Right. Right. Because right. I realized just now that the scientists are actually pretty lazy. They made Porygon. All right. We need to make a new Porygon. Porygon two. It's like, okay, guys, you need to clone Mew. What are we gonna call it? Oh, we fucked up. This one's Mew two. They just had Sounds two like the, the iPhones. <laughs> Sounds like iPhone naming. So it's going to be Porygon X Plus next. Well, we it's better than Nintendo. Mewtwo Z. Mewtwo Z. Well, a glitchy they had, Mewtwo. They had Mewtwo Y. True. Right? And X. Yeah. But Mewtwo the Z y one ha would X. have to be like this yeah. volatile... Uh, you know, glitched out. Glitched out I'm, one. Yeah. I'm still salty that we didn't get uh, Pokemon uh, Z to go with Pokemon X and Pokemon. Y. Honestly, I was. It, they said that they set themselves up for it. Where is it? Yeah, and I'm really depressed that they didn't have a Pokemon Gun version for Sword and Shield. <laughs> <laughs> At least, oh, Arrow. Uh, update. Update on a kid I tutor. He told me that he beat Pokemon Shield for the first time. Hey, oh, yeah. all right. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. be I beat it uh, recently, too. I <laughs> I destroyed Leon with my uh, Darmanitan. Heck yeah. I'm so far behind. I'm playing Sapphire right now, and I've played no other games after that. Such a good game, though. Sapphire Wait. is probably the game I spent the most time in. So good. Just get ready to use a lot of HMs. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> okay. There's so many. Um, dive, dig, dodge, dive, and <laughs> uh, yeah, dive, waterfall, rock smash, all to just get a glass of milk. Um, so Porygon Z. Oh, also Porygon Two is reminiscent of the little drinking bird toy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'll also say. Porygon 2, one of the most prevalent users of the held item Eviolite. Yep. Or Evilite. Uh, which, if you're not a fully evolved Pokemon, uh, you can hold that to boost your defense and special defense. And since Porygon 2 was once a fully evolved Pokemon, it makes him a very good uh, holder of that item. It sure does. Um, and then the only other thing to go back to the Legends Arceus, uh, the Pokedex entry on that for Porygon 2 is a bizarre item caused this Pokemon to evolve. While it now exhibits many new gestures and expressions, its biology remains inscrutable. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so Porygon Z, 
All right, freak out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's much of the same. I mean, it's all the same. It's all the same concept. It's a virtual Pokemon. But the cool thing about Porygon Z is somebody messed up, and now it's going haywire. I like the the yeah. background uh, around it. Like you get the dubious disc, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and they're saying that the name implies that unlike the pre-evolution, it was not authorized by Silphco. Mm-hmm. If you read the description for the item, it says its producer is unknown. Oh, that Pokemon sucks. <laughs> it, it reminds you can't me, code. It reminds me of uh, in Jurassic Park when Dennis Nerdy goes to steal the DNA. I yeah. feel like there's this sweaty guy like going into Silvco and like punching in codes and just like on his own agenda, yeah. and then he gets killed by a a, a venom spitter. He gets killed by a Helioptile. Yes. Yeah. Well, I also kind of imagined it like, you know, you mod a game, and then you mod it, and then you mod it again, and then it breaks the game. Uh, or like, you know, Porygons kind of become like Abandonware, and so people are just doing whatever with their Porygons. Yeah. It's like uh, Porygon Z is like the Thomas the Tank Engine as the dragons in, yeah, uh, I was gonna say my my friend really got into modding Fallout Four, and then all of a sudden he's like in his town, and <laughs> everybody's butt ass naked. <laughs> so ultimately, what happened here is that Porygon Two just wasn't good enough, so they had to create Porygon Z. But the person they put in charge of this project was labeled as incompetent for good reason. Because the idea was that they wanted this Pokemon to travel through alien dimensions. And then instead, it started behaving erratically. It was twitching. They couldn't do any research on it to make it better. And this engineer was just holding his head in shame. Like, what was this abomination I made? Oopsie. The thing is, is I almost feel like that's a dig at the player. It's like you installed this wrong. It's your incompetence that, that led to uh, this. So you're saying it's user error. <laughs> I have a, I have I a theory. Like that. I have a theory that everything went right and it's just the t- sheer terror of the alien dimension that's causing mm. it to act twitchy. Mm. So oh, like it's seeing shit. things from, from the alien dimension. It's like, uh, uh, cannot compute, cannot compute. Yeah. So what if we start drawing a parallel between... Missing no, that is a bird Pokemon, you said, Peter. Yeah. And these Pokemon that are modeled after birds, uh, is it is Missing No the next evolution where it just Ooh. totally scraps the whole thing? Or is it already that? Porygon Z is glitched because he fully embraced the bird, yes. <laughs> I think, like, yeah, uh, maybe if... Missingno is the program or used because Missingno can infect basically your um hall of fame so what if porygon z is just infected with the missing no could be oh my god mind blown right now and like so it always falls short after after porygon 2 they they fall short so shouldn't there be a fourth evolution coming like you have to fix it oh man I, there, when is i'm when begging is there yeah, to be so the bad. first maybe a yeah. branched evolution Oh, that would make sense. Like Porygon Z, mm. but done right. Yeah. <laughs> Porygon, right, right. what would it so, be? Like X? Porygon, Porygon Prime. Prime. <laughs> yeah. We said it at the same time. 
Aww. Got so him. let me get this straight. In this episode, I have now been challenged around the, tan- the how tangible Porygon is in the actual reality that we live in. And now you're telling me that maybe missing no is the error that was hopefully going to fix Porygon Z. Yeah. Yes. I'm just, I'm just like, uh, oh my, I think I need to take an edible to process this. I think we <laughs> just need Nintendo to embrace missing no. That's really, we should just do a whole episode on that. Oh, yes. We, we need to no start deserves a, like, a whole uh, episode. Yeah. I feel like type null might be like an homage to missing no. Possibly. I love right? all artificial Pokemon. All the Pokemon that humans, quote unquote, created are just so good. Genesect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's there are um, types of there are types of Pokemon that I look at and I'm like, I hate this. And then I read that they were <laughs> man made, I'm like, yes. Yeah. Oh, um I, I just need to ask, um, what are your feelings on Klefki? I okay. <laughs> let's let's get into it. I hated Klefki when I first saw it. It was the reason that I hated modern Pokemon. I was like, this is <laughs> this is too much, people. You've gone way too far. I've since uh I don't love Klefki. I'm pretty neutral. I like fairy types. A lot. Mm-hmm. Me too. So I sort of let it slide on the fairy typeage, um, but yeah, it's it's a set of keys. It's a set of keys and unoriginal. It's like it, they put a face on a key, and you're gonna tell me that's a Pokemon? What a cop out! Sorry, every, nope. Try again. Every time I see a clef key, I have to go boo boo keys. <laughs> So I learned recently that a key is actually a, a symbol for the witch Hecate. So maybe that could be the influence for the fairy typing. Is it is it also a ghost or is it just a fairy? Steel fairy. Steel, Steel fairy. fairy yeah. And that's why, Sarah, it's it's sad that you hate it because you do share a type with it. You are steel type. We've, uh, we've established. <laughs> we discussed that. Yeah, I, I feel you, though, Sarah. I've been there. And uh, even though I don't hate it as much as I always did, I know what it feels like. Okay. I, I didn't that like makes me feel good. Chimeco when I first saw it. But that was just because I thought it was weird that it was the last Pokemon in the Gen 3 Pokedex right after Deoxys. And it wasn't <laughs> legendary. It was like, oh, whoops, forgot to add this one. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> this is the footnote. <laughs> So about uh, Porygon 2 and Porygon Z, there, when I listen to this show, there are so many times that I'm like, oh, I would have had a card story. That, there's a card story about that. Um, so I will interject with the card story now. There right. are two cards that came out uh, in the Heart Gold, Soul, Silver, Triumph expansion. One is Porygon 2 and one is Porygon Z. And they're each is shown with their held item. So behind Porygon 2, you have the upgrade uh, illustrated. And behind Porygon Z, you have the dubious disc illustrated, which I thought was really cool. That's awesome. I hear clicks. Yeah, definitely. So maybe some. Yeah, can. I'm definitely looking this up right now. <laughs> I'm just waiting till after the card game because I don't want to get it spoiled. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, doing my research, I didn't want to get into the card game uh, uh, spoilers. So I, I, I tried to avoid it. I um, 
yeah, I'm always trying to avoid even looking up one card because then I am burdened with the knowledge that there is at least one. Oh, come on. There's <laughs> one for almost every Pokemon. At least there well, has to be. We're almost there. We're I almost hope. at the game. The only other stuff I really have to add... Yeah, I've got only one more, too. Uh, this Pokemon, of course, we said it was uh, attributed to incompetence. Did we say that some scholars also are not even sure if Porygon Z should be considered a true evolution of Porygon 2. I yeah. read that and I was like, what does that mean? I mean, it's like, different. Yeah, it's but it, like, it, com- it yeah. comes from Porygon 2. You can't argue that it doesn't come from Porygon 2. So then what is it if it's not an evolution? It's yeah, like a broken you're, you're, one. It's a corruption. Yeah, just, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, you can't treat it like, you know, the stepchild you didn't want. I mean, you created it, so... Yeah. Again, ownership. Yeah. Where's much, it at? Much like the U.S. doesn't treat its uh, veterans or homeless or people with mental disabilities or uh, women like human or beings. any any um, minority in this country fairly. Yeah, yeah. The, the Pokemon universe does not see Porygon Z as a Pokemon because it's got uh, wonky wild eyes. George Bush doesn't care about Porygon. Uh, <laughs> Legends Arceus, final Pokedex entry from Legends Arceus. A curious item induced this evolution. The Pokemon's offensive capabilities have greatly increased, but the strangeness of its behavior has magnified in equal measures. This worries me. (laughs) (laughs) They read like a a Edgar Allan Poe. Exactly. Short story. And that is true because Porygon Z is the offensive uh, like version of Porygon 2. Porygon 2 has more defensive minded stats and Porygon Z is uh, all gas, no brakes. And in fact, for uh, a while and maybe even still now, it is the holder of the strongest hyper beam uh, because it gets stab off of a high special attack and it has an ability i believe it's adaptability which gives it like second stab because its type is uh normal and it'll it'll make um it'll make moves that share its type i think like it just puts another stab on there same type attack bonus Peter, you dazzle me with your knowledge. It's like 25% of me listening to this is just waiting for you to cut loose. I don't understand half of it, and I love it. Did you know that Licky Licky had the strongest explosion for a long time? No, I did not know that, and I'm so happy that I do. Just imagine a Licky Licky exploding everywhere. (laughs) Uh, I wasn't going to say it. I was trying to behave as much as I could, but thank you, Peter. I'm actually very very embarrassed after uh, last episode, so I'm trying to be PG from now on. Oh, and last episode hasn't aired yet, so. I know. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bad one. I have to edit that one after this, and it's, (laughs) yeah, it's, that that one's wild. It's a, it's a interesting episode. That one's my most shameful episode. <laughs> it's the internet's fault. It's not yours. Yeah. 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 Um, All right. So, um, like, are we are we like figuring I out had, who's 
Go one ahead. last thing it's and it's actually a callback to porygon 2 i just love when this happens though um porygon 2 has uh, a language that only other porygon 2 know it's true and i think that's so amazing oh yeah and also a little scary <laughs> i just love when pokemon have languages yeah. and they they can communicate Kate with each other. I, that I know it's scary because it's artificial intelligence. Yeah, so it I, could definitely I, talk shit and plot against humanity. But Porygon Two's the nice one who just gets new emotions, and you know, I that's know, what it wants you to think. I know all Pokemon are good, and oh, they only have love in their hearts. But the fact that he's also man-made, you know, man is evil. Um, he learns things that he doesn't need to know, has access to all cyberspace, including yeah, that's scary. everything that we've ever done on the internet, uh, improves itself constantly by learning. Um, thankfully, it cannot fly, but uh, <laughs> it, it can speak to each other in a way that no other Pokemon or human can decipher. So. Peter, I, for one, welcome our new Porygon 2 overlords. <laughs> Same. <laughs> It's like the the star me communicating with uh, intelligence off in uh, in the stars somewhere. It just makes me a little weird. And the Magnezone, like communicating with that same like <laughs> eldritch horror somewhere deep in space. See, when we were talking, when I was saying that the community is producing all this amazing new information, uh, like for example, I really like reading the descriptions on Bulbapedia because it adopts like a sort of scientific biologist approach to describing Pokemon, which I love. I would like to see a linguist analyze like what what does Pika Pika mean versus uh, Bulb, you know, like I want yeah. someone to take the time to just think about this stuff. And if Porygon 2 can be uh, a chapter in there, I would just eat it up. That would be incredible. And you're all like, you're weird. No, I was, no, thinking, I, I was actually just thinking about how say, Pikachu has a language in the anime. That there's actual words and a script for Pikachu. Yeah. Because like Ash's name and a couple other names, there's a dictionary yeah. based on that. Ash's name is Pika P. Yeah. And Togepi is PPP. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. When he has to go P, he just says P. <laughs> And Pidgey is PP. And Pidgey is PP. Yeah. Um, is that everything? Are we ready to do the fuck game? Let's do it. On to the game. All right. This is a game that we play called Who You Gonna Fuck, where I will list off some Pokemon, and you will let me know which one cannot breed with the Porygon evolution line. Which one will not okay. produce an egg? I chose so Vaporeon. <laughs> Vaporeon? Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, um, the theme for this one are, it's, it's basically just artificial-ish Pokemon. Alright, so, here's the list. Magnemite, Voltorb, Rotom, or Beldum? Mmm. Beldum. That's uh, Metagross's baby, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just, it looks like a flashlight with an eye. <laughs> just floating. Well, not baby, but like pre evolution, yeah. yeah. Um, it only knows takedown. Interesting. 
I'm gonna let everybody answer first. Okay. I'm gonna jump in and say Rodham. Damn near killed him. <laughs> Ew. Which which one though? Uh, the lawnmower. Okay. Yeah, that would probably hurt. <laughs> I don't know. That fan could do some could do some dirty work too. I'm gonna say build him. I was thinking build him too, but I'm also gonna say Rodum. I think this is a trick question. I also think and that I think as that well. None of them can breed with Porygon. Final answer. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sarah, what was your final answer? You jump ship. No, I didn't. I said Rotom. Okay, you're going. But with I also, I also see, um, I also see the point of maybe this might be a, a trick. But so, I thought it was a trick too until I actually checked, and the true answer is Rotom. Yeah. Okay, so I, the reason that I said that is I think that in the second gen, which is where I bred my Porygon, the only Pokemon that can breed with it is Ditto, I believe. It's so. So it Rod is a Rodham mineral, would come later. It's a mineral type, right? Which is weird to think of because technically Porygon is not a mineral whatsoever. It's not matter. No. <laughs> yeah. So Magnemite, Voltorb, Geodude, in the original game can can breed, which is odd. But yeah, that's it. Rodham, oh because God, Rodham this... is a amorphous type, which would have made way more sense. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm imagining now because Geodude can fly, right? So a Geodude picking up a Porygon and them flying into space together so that they can finally achieve their dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I too am now imagining that. Thank you. My brain hurts after this episode. <laughs> It's all right. You're... There's just a lot to process after this episode. It just goes to show that the simulation is now failing you. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. All right, well, how many cards in the simulation do you think there are? So you're... we're going to play the card game. Your brain hurts, Sarah, because it's the first time you're truly using it. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it really genuinely feels like that sometimes. You've, awa right. you've awakened your brain. Your brain My is third just a, eye has opened. Your brain is just a fiction that you produce through your own perception. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh man. Wake up, Sarah. Uh, okay. Let's uh, 22 cards. <laughs> oh oh my okay. god, what did you say, P uh, Steven? 22. Oh, okay, well let's, let's, let's take a step back. Okay, we're playing the card game, <laughs> right? We're playing the card game. 24 cards. Oh my, okay. Um, um, I said math hurts me. Okay, anyway, um, card game. So we're gonna guess how many cards that each of our um, lovely Pokemon, Porygon, Porygon 2, and Porygon Z appear in in the TCG. 21 cards. Jeez, so oh God, okay. Um, let's start with our lovely guest. Was it, what are what our guests left to go first or last? Uh, I think I'm going last. Everybody gave their response okay. already. Okay. Well, let's let's do this in an orderly fashion for someone whose brain is failing tonight. Okay. One hundred cards. Will. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> let's start with Porygon. Yeah. Um, I would say. Um, I would say uh, nineteen. 
Okay, 19. And everyone else gave their answers that I forget? Well, can I give mine in binary? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Did anybody... Was Reboot a Canadian thing, or did, did you get Reboot in the States? We, we did get Reboot, yeah. So I remember there was this episode where it's like the talent show, and there's this beatnik poet that comes up and starts reciting poetry in binary. Like that's where <laughs> that's where binary is for me. It's just like this deadpan guy with a beret going, oh, oh one, <laughs> one one oh. I uh, so, I remember in Futurama when Bender uh, is at his uh, uncle's uh, apartment after he passes on, and he could have the the mansion. Uh, it was a mansion. You have the mansion if he stays one night, and then all of a sudden, in blood, binary appears on the wall. And they're like, what does that mean? And Bender's like, oh, it's gibberish. And then he sees it in the, the mirror, and he's like, ah! <laughs> Good. Okay, card game. Uh, 24. Game. Or, uh, 1100. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you for that entry. <laughs> Steven had 22. Yeah, 21. I'm gonna stick with 22. Okay, well then Steven wins the game because it is 22. Nice. Whoa! 22. That, was, that was totally out of nowhere, too. I know! My gosh, you were like playing games with me and you actually won the game. So 22, Por Porygon, Porygon debuted in the base set. Good job. Thank you. He popped out of cyberspace and he told me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because you were so nice and accepting of Porygon, too. <laughs> he gave me a little kiss on the cheek and he said, thank you. Good night. Good so, night. <laughs> All right. Actually, how many Porygon? Which is the yeah. Pokemon Snap <laughs> cry. Aww. Sorry, Sarah. Go ahead. Go no, on. you're good. You're good. We're having fun. But um, Porygon Two wants some love too. So, how many do you think uh, they appear on? I'm gonna say twenty-two. Haha, -ha, Steven. Oh. Um. I'm gonna go. Uh. I wanted to lowball this one, but I'm gonna say uh, eighteen. Okay. I want to lowball this one. Twelve. Mm. I'm gonna be uh, chaos and say twenty-three. Okay. Um, Dave and Steven, what did you both say again? Twelve. I t said eighteen. Okay, so Dave wins because there's fourteen Porygon two cards. Wow. And I don't remember so seeing a lot. Yeah. 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 Not too many, not too many. They debuted in um, Neo Revelation. Well, and I'm sure once Porygon Z came around, they were not making Porygon 2 cards, or not as many, probably. So how many do you think of Porygon Z appeared then? Uh, I'd say 14 as well. 16. 12. 10. Man, we have a tie, because the answer is 13. So, both of you are one away. Great. Gotta, gotta fight for it. I'll share the prize with you. That's like fair. hell you I will. Like <laughs> <laughs> so nice. I'm just kidding. We'll share, we'll share. <laughs> All right. Oh, that was a fun, that was a fun uh, bunch, of, bunch of funny things we did there. Yeah, it's I good. Really... So your brain's not working anymore either. It's no. not just me. It's an hour and 51 minutes. Oh! oh and damn. more to see to be a, a, a podcast po master. Podcast master is my destiny. That is another. having me. 
I always love the guest episodes. We have so much fun. Thanks, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It was, uh, it's a dream come true, really. Oh well, you're welcome anytime. Don't don't uh, mistake this as your last one if you want to ever come okay. back. Okay, yeah. I'll interject think, when it's pertinent. Think of some more favorite Pokemon, <laughs> and then write and, an essay about it. Yeah, okay. and then do an art show. Yeah, and then talk. <laughs> no, <laughs> if we ever have any other Pokemon non uh, organic Pokemon, then you know. Or or you know what? I've always wanted to challenge guests to come back on episodes for Pokemon that they loathe because that would oh, be yeah. an interesting take on things too. Yeah. I'll think about it. <laughs> Everybody form an orderly line by Klefki. <laughs> our first, uh, our first podcast with 17 guests. <laughs> it's going to sound we'll like we'll do a panel interview of who hates Klefki the most. Yeah. It's going to sound like and main vocals win. in a ska song. <laughs> How uh, how do we end these? Uh, well, we just do one of these. No, oh, no, can no. We introduce we, ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think oh, we yeah. did introduce ourselves this time. But <laughs> more importantly, we have a guest. So uh, let's talk about the Binder Institute. Oh we? yes, uh, the Binder Institute is a Instagram account where I uh, think out loud about cards in my collection. And I write um, analysis of the cards. Sometimes it can be rooted in art history. Sometimes it can be rooted in uh, print matter because I am trained as a printmaker. And sometimes it can just go into like philosophical diatribes. Mostly that's what it is. Um, and it's re- it comes from me. It's not, uh, you know, they're my opinions and they're, they're my claims. But uh, I try to get snooty and smart about the cards that I really like. So um, I don't post often because they usually take a little bit of time to write up. But I have like a million ideas. So I'm not going to run out of material for sure. And I like trading. If you're... If you're on Instagram, in the community, and you want to trade cards, I love trading. So always trying to get more. So you're saying you're a trader. I am. <laughs> nice. I have I have a binder like full of cards, and they're basically just every single time the base set gets like reprinted, I just buy a ton of them. And I just have so many different base set like cards but um and then like just a a smattering of others but i i just love slowly going through them looking at all of them and none of the cards that i have are particularly valuable or you know rare but they're they're all very pretty and i like i like how every generation does it a little bit different and how the the, the stories they tell get a little bit more interesting. It's good it's good stuff. Yeah, and the illustrators, I'm very specific. Like in my obsessive nature, I really uh, ignore a lot of the illustrators. I have like my really favorite, favorite ones. Most of them are from the first generation and they're still illustrating today. And their styles have evolved over time, but still remain distinctively them. 
So, uh, yeah, the, the illustrations on Pokemon cards are really what keep me in the hobby. Like, I love the artworks. So, and the history around the cards, too. So, I could talk about it forever. <laughs> well, we'll have you back. And yeah. we will yeah. discuss it more. For sure. Everybody check it out. Yeah, please. All right. And with that, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. Thanks again for coming on, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm Steven. And I'm Peter. <laughs>